Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 6.30, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. It is 105 in Edmonton, St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day to you and yours, however you choose to celebrate tonight. Please do so responsibly, of course. Not that you needed to hear that from your, well, not one of your favorite radio hosts, but from a voice on your radio. Just behave tonight, please. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, of course, we are operating still with heavy hearts in the wake of the uh, two slain police officers in our city. So if you notice a little bit more of a somber tone to today's show, just bear that in mind. And as we all uh, sort of regroup after biggest tragedy to hit the city in a long, long time. So uh, moving on and continuing with our distraction for hour number two today. Oilers now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. We are on Twitter at Oilers now at Bob underscore Stoffer. You can find me at Brendan Escott. That's Brendan with an E. Yes, on the show, receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Teppanyaki Steak Restaurant. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. We'll get to your uh, injury report a little later on this half hour, but right now, let's look ahead to tomorrow's Oilers opponent. Another meeting between Edmonton and Seattle. This one down at Climate Pledge Arena in a matinee style. Love to check in when we do encounter the Kraken with Andy Ide. He follows them for, uh, for NHL.com Sound of Hockey as well as Seattle sports. Andy, you're on with Brendan today. How's it going? Going great. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Pleasure is uh, pleasure's all mine to have you. Love getting the voice on the show, and especially as this battle wages on, Andy, between Seattle and Edmonton for what looks like third spot in the Pacific Division by the time this all comes out in the wash. Uh, Kraken have a game in hand right now and sit in that wild card spot, but they, they, you know, I say they're the team that won't go away. Maybe you're sitting there saying the Oilers are the team that won't go away. I imagine it's been a lot of fun regardless. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a blast, and, and hopefully neither team goes away. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting series between these two. You know, Seattle you know, got a win on the road there, and then they they also got pasted here right before New Year's, uh, a game that was kind of a galvanizing one for the Kraken. It kind of woke them up a little bit. Uh, so it's hard to say what we're going to see tomorrow night. You know, Seattle did win yesterday. They had been scuffling a little bit. This is three in a row before that, so we'll see if they're now on a upswing. They've been pretty pretty streaky all year, so. Uh, hopefully for them, uh, this, this last night was a sign that they're back on the uh, the upswing. Yeah, thirty-eight, twenty-three, and seven on the season. What do you think has factored into that uh, inconsistency, Andy? If you could sort of ballpark one thing, I wonder how much the goaltending has to do with that. Yeah, the goaltending is a big part of that. Uh, you know, Philip Grubauer has kind of turned it around of late. Second half of the season, he's been pretty good. He's kind of looking like his old self, but you still every now and then will get a, a dud of a game from him. Uh, they're also missing Andre Burakowski, and, and where that shows up a lot uh, is in the power play. So their special teams have been a little inconsistent as well. Yeah, they went through a long streak where they weren't giving up a power play goal on the kill, and then against Dallas, they gave up three power play goals. So 
They were, they were, they were a clean slate last night, so we'll see what – it's hard to say what, what you're going to get, uh, special scene from them tomorrow night. Vince Dunn is actually leading this team in scoring now, Andy. 13 goals, 43 points for uh, – 43 assists, rather, for 56 points in uh, in 68 games this year. Obviously a breakout for Vince Dunn. I think there was uh, plenty of pundits who figured he had this kind of offensive upside. But uh, leading a team in scoring, just tell me what you've seen of him. And, and uh, I know he's on a, a pretty reasonable point streak right now as well. Yeah, he's got a point in 11 straight, which is the longest currently going, I believe, in the NHL. And one of the longest out of a defenseman this year. Uh, he's been unreal. Uh, you know, as, as inconsistent as the team has been, he's been the opposite of that. You can kind of count on him. He's not the kind of defenseman who's going to, yeah, put you on the edge of your seat with end-to-end -end rushes. Uh, but he's just a really smart player in the zone. He knows where to find lanes. He's a great passer. He's got a great shot. And you're right, a breakout year. Good timing for him, too. This is his RFA uh, this, this offseason. His, his contract's up. So a good time to be looking for a new contract to have a career year like that. We've been scoring. You know, without a doubt, you know, shooting percentage around 10%. So it's not like he's been overtly lucky or anything like that. But where I see it, Andy, is he's averaging 23, just about 24 minutes of ice time a game. You must be playing those alongside uh, Adam Larson. Is that a fair assumption? Almost exclusively. They've yeah. been paired from day one. Uh, you know, even last year they played together most of the uh, excuse me, most of the season, and they really, they really uh, play off each other really well. They have different personalities, of course. They're different games. Larson's a more, more stay-at-home guy. He's actually having a really good year, just not the offensive numbers uh, that uh, Dunn is. But the, those two together, they, they get the top opponents. Uh, I expect tomorrow, so we'll see them against McDavid for a lot of the game. Uh, you know, that, they, the two of them together work really well. I'll give Seattle a, a really true number one pairing. Uh, plus 24 on the year for Adam Larson, just taking a glance here. Um, I, I wonder how much he's unlocked in Vince Dunn because, as you say, Dunn's got that stay-at-home partner, so he can sort of free roam a little bit and, and sort of similar to what Oilers fans have seen now with the addition of Matthias Ekholm and how much that's helped Evan Bouchard's offensive game. Yeah, absolutely. Dunn knows that he can go freelance a little bit in the zone and knows that, that Larson's going to be back there. Uh, that, that's one of the reasons I think they work so well together. It's uh, I mean, you guys know Larson a little bit up there. It's just amazing how different their personalities are off the ice. You know, <laughs> Larson is funnier than I think he lets on. But uh, you know, they're they're two different guys, but but it works together. And, and the, you know, they started building chemistry last year. They're one of the the few pairings or line combos that got some chemistry last year that got some consistent playing time. It's really paying off this year. Chatting with Andy Ide. He's from NHL.com. You can hear him on Sound of Hockey or Seattle Sports as well. Um, 112 in Edmonton. I got to ask you, Andy, and we'll, we'll, we'll make you our headliner today as well. Does that sound for Will Hawk <laughs> beef jerky? The best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Maddie Beneers, last year's second overall pick, is having an incredible season. Did you expect to see uh, this much this soon from him? Yeah, you know, coming into the year, I think you know, he had 10 points in nine games or whatever it was last year. We came up at the end of the season. And everybody got excited, right, because he looked great. And then he was. And I think this year there was some trepidation. that Well, it's going to be a little harder this year. Teams will prepare for him. You know, the, the games he played last year were pretty meaningless at, at the point he played. Uh, you know, he's got he's going to get more attention now. He's a top-line center. He's going to get, you know, a tougher defense. And for the most part, that's been true. But he still has come through a lot of that. You know, I think, like, right now he hasn't scored in a little bit. I think he's hitting a little bit of a, a rookie wall. He's played more games this year than he ever has before coming up. 
in college, you know. So I think, but he still seems to do a lot of things right, even when he's not scoring goals. But uh, he's been pretty great. You know, he leads all the rookies in scoring and goals and all that. So uh, I think he's been a little bit, maybe a little bit better than expected. Do you do you get the sense that he's that sort of face of the franchise figure? I mean, 20 years old, he's got a lot of developing on the ice and as a person to do, certainly. But when you take somebody that high and, and uh, you know, with a startup franchise especially, do you get the sense that he's kind of got the moxie to be that face? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got a great personality. He's easygoing. He's pretty affable. And, you know, it's funny you ask about the face of the franchise. I'm sitting at their practice of the facility right now staring at a, a mural of him on the wall across from me. So uh, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that, yeah, he, he's becoming that face of the franchise. You know, you see his jersey everywhere in the stands. Uh, you know, I think, you know, it, it should only go up from here. But uh, so, yeah, I think I think you've got everything that it takes to be that kind of player. And uh, just keeping on this same train of thought, I know Shane Wright hasn't spent uh, much time recently there. He's obviously back with the junior team now, but he did spend uh, sort of the first part of the season. Uh, what is the what is the vibe? What's the scuttlebutt, the talk about Shane Wright, or has he been more of a back burner thing since he's returned to junior after uh, after the World Juniors? Yeah, I think he's gone a little bit on the back burner since he went to Windsor in the OHL. Uh, he's doing really good down there. He's averaging nearly two points a game. Uh, which I think there was some, a little bit of pressure on him. You know, you send a guy like that back to the OHL, you expect him to be about two points a game, right? So I think he's kind of lived up to what the expect expectation was down for there. You know, he, he it was an interesting development plan because I think it, it went against what, what the norm is with a high pick. You know, when they kept him around a long time, he, he, he sat in practice, didn't play for a long time. They were able to get him to the AHL for a few games and then, of course, the World Juniors. And then finally back to the OHL. So it's a different path than you normally will see in a top draft pick. And I'm curious to see, everyone assumes that's a detriment to him, but I'm, I'm not so sure. You know, he got a little bit of experience, got a seat wet, got the experience in the NHL a little bit, you know, got a goal in the NHL, and uh, and then back to junior where, where he kind of brought, probably belonged this year. But uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how, how he comes back to camp next year. But, you know, as far as Shane Wright goes, you know, being around him for the first couple of months, well, he's, he's a likable kid. Yeah, I know there's a lot of – rumors and you know interesting blog posts coming out of montreal uh that, a lot of made-up stuff but he couldn't be nicer in my experience and uh you know, he works hard he was out at practice late every day when he was here uh you know practicing hard and, and, and really i think wants to be a good player chatting with andy Ide, who writes for the kraken for nhl.com and speaking of players who developed in sort of a non-linear fashion the acquisition earlier this year of Ely Tolvanen, I imagine, has been one that the team didn't necessarily expect to see this instant impact from, but here you are with 12 goals, 10, 10 assists, and 34 games. Uh, didn't make a big move at the trade deadline, but perhaps with a player like this performing, you didn't necessarily have to. Yeah, I think they look at that as kind of a their trade deadline move, as well as maybe Burakovsky coming back here in the short term also being a, a deadline-type move. But Tolvin has been, yeah, quite the fine. You get him on waivers, so you get him for practically nothing. I think it kind of shocked the hockey world that, A, he was waived. You know, this is like three years removed from being a first-round draft pick. And, and that he, Seattle was number one in the waiver claim, so she was fast on him. Uh, but he's been great. He From from day one, you know, he, he scored a goal in his first game with Seattle. He's been an offensive force, uh, surprising a little bit with his overall game. That came as a little bit of a surprise because the book on him was big shot, but not, not much else. But he's played pretty good uh, team defense for the team and he's really gelled with Yanni Gordon Oliver Bjorkson of Seattle so I guess what so would be their third line uh, so yeah he's been a great find uh, he's fitting in well with, with the guys on the team 
And I think both him and the team couldn't be happier with how that's worked out. So I'll leave you with this, Andy, and I don't, I don't really know how to phrase it any other way than Seattle has su- su- um, surprised me with their sustainability. Like, they, they came out of the gate and they were were leading things for, for quite some time, and, and there was an element of surprise, which is obviously worn off to a certain extent. They've just continued being, like I said, off the top, sort of a team that just will not go away despite not necessarily pushing all the chips in. They didn't go after a John Klingberg or, or what have you. So... Is there any sort of trepidation about their ability to continue getting it done the way that the Kraken have been this year as the playoff stretch really ramps up from really from here on out? Yeah, I think the thing that's the most worrisome is how streaky they've been. You know, you look at just even their month by month uh, out, you know, uh, output. It's been like a good month followed by a bad month followed by a good month followed by a bad month. January was great for them, but then February they kind of stumbled. You know, they've been okay so far in March. So I think if you're looking, you know, you you can't really count on it being that good all the time because they've had some bad slumps. So I, I think they've done a great job of putting themselves in a position to make the playoffs. I think secretly they're they're watching Nashville and Calgary more than they are worried about Edmonton, but uh, they wouldn't say that. But I think they just want to get in. And, and I, for me, getting into the playoffs your second year in existence is, is kind of underrated. That doesn't happen very often. I know Vegas kind of spoiled the expectations there with their start, but – Getting in, you know, your second year is impressive when you look at how many teams struggle to make the playoffs every season and have long droughts so they don't make the playoffs. And here in year two, the Kraken are, are poised to do that. So it's going to be a fun these last 14, 15 games, however many it is. Uh, you know, tonight's game should have a uh, – tomorrow's game, I, say, I should say, should have a really good crowd there. Should be a fun atmosphere. Should feel like the playoffs. Uh, they, they've been getting that over it late. But that would be the one thing that I would worry about is that they, they go on a bad stretch right now. <laughs> I know I said last one, but give me an idea of how the Kraken have sort of permeated the sports scene in Seattle. They continue building their presence, expanding, I guess, the uh, the fan base there in, in the Pacific Northwest? Oh, yeah, they definitely have done that. You know, now you have, like, local TV has shows, you know, specifically Kraken-oriented where they didn't have that kind of stuff before. The Seahawks still rule the roosters in the NFL. They're still sucking the air out of every room they're in. But the Kraken have definitely, and they fill the void for a lack of a winter sport you know, since the Sonics left. And so, you know, you see Kraken gear all over town when you walk around now, and, and it's just been growing from year to year. So, you know, I, I'm at the practice facility. I mentioned they're, they're, uh, the youth hockey the tournament here is just crawling with kids and parents. And I think that's been a huge success, too. They really, like, you know, they set record numbers for their youth hockey participation. Really appreciate you taking the time, Andy. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and uh, and enjoy if you get to watch Seattle, uh, the Thunderbirds, I mean, make a nice deep WHL playoff run as they're expected to. Make sure you enjoy that as well, okay? I sure will. Thanks for having me on. All right, Andy Eide from uh, NHL.com, Seattle Sports, and Sound of Hockey as well. Checking in tomorrow, Oilers cracking 2 p.m. puck drop our coverage on 6:30. chad following the 12:30 news let's press pause we'll come back with some of your text messages on oilers now this is oilers now with bob stoffer on oilers radio 
630 Chad. 124 in Edmonton. It is Brendan Escott with you on this St. Patrick's Day Friday. Hope you've got something fun lined up for the weekend. Of course, we continue mourning with heavy hearts the loss of our two constables or two officers, I should say, Travis Jordan and, and Brett Ryan yesterday morning. Oilers 38, 23 and 8 on the season. They have won 6 of 8 games. They're off to Seattle and it sounds like it sounds like Zach Hyman will be in tow. I imagine he'll at least make the trip and and take warm up. Based on what Bob told us earlier, uh, this is the injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We know with 100% certainty that Ryan McLeod is out with an upper body injury, will not fly down to Seattle. He will not play tomorrow. It is not a concussion. That much we have determined for certain. Dylan Holloway is, uh, I guess, still on the mend from his upper body injury. He's still listed on uh, Edmonton's injuries, as well as Zach Hyman. That's undisclosed. And again, it sounds more day-to-day than, uh, than week-to-week. You can start your new vehicle journey at Brent Ridge Ford, the dealer that doesn't forget you after your purchase. If you value fair treatment and full transparency, call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at 780-352-6048. 12-time President's Diamond Club Award winner for customer satisfaction. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. A couple of text messages have come through here. I don't know why somebody's texting us about Justin Trudeau. That is, that has not been a topic of discussion today. Uh, Tyler says, sorry, Brendan, but you talked about Seattle's sustainability. First thing that popped into my head was sustainably sourced Kraken, fresh on the Seattle docks. <laughs> All right, there's a marketing opportunity there. Uh, Haji wants to take a swipe at Toronto. I'll be a platform for that. Remember when the Toronto media mafia anointed the Leafs as owning the best group of four forwards in the league? Toronto's group, says Haji, has combined for 297 points. The Oilers' top four, a slightly better combined 304. Oops, my mistake, says Haji. That's only McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Hyman. With Nuge, the Oilers have a combined total of 387 points so far this season. So there you go. A little shot from Haji towards the Toronto media. And you're right. It's been an unbelievable season, not only for the top two superstars, but for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a career year. For Zach Hyman, a career year. We didn't even mention Evander Kane and all that because he's been hurt for about 85% of the season. But there you go. Edmonton is as well suited to win a Stanley Cup as they've been in probably 30 plus years but the additions they've made over the last two two and a half seasons going back to the likes of Hyman re-signing Kane even getting Jack Campbell here for what he can provide at times this is all a big deal in pursuit of one thing so yeah Haji I would say right now Edmonton's got the leg up on Toronto Toronto made some great trade deadline acquisitions one of them's hurt and they have a much tougher road out of the east than Edmonton projects to have out of the west we'll step aside one last time for some headlines from randy kilburn we'll return with a preview of two oil kings games head coach luke pierce talking about well, a winding down regular season only six games left for the oil kings i'll tell you all about it when we come back